right, welcome into Surviving Paradise, the podcast that takes a sometimes serious, oftentimes humorous look at the claim by Jehovah's Witnesses that they are living in a modern day spiritual paradise. I am your host, Stacy Bauman, former elder, ministerial servant, most importantly, a little guy raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses throughout the 70s and 80s. As I do, a quick warning, we try to have some fun here, we try to heal, we laugh, we cry, we bang our head against the desk some weeks. There's sarcasm, humor, and even some pretty intense uh, subject matter. Whatever the case may be, please note, it always is meant from a good spirit and is never meant to offend. Let's just start right off the bat with what is incredibly exciting news at the time of this recording. Where do I even begin? Jesus and his nine guys in upstate New York have approved men wearing beards. I know. If you're driving, be careful. If you're not sitting down, take a seat. This is not some demonic rant or the rant of a mentally diseased apostate. Stephen Lett rolled out new light at the time of this recording. I won't go deep this week into the fact that men among Jehovah's Witnesses can now wear beards. Just note that apparently Stephen Lett, on a conference call with Christ, was given the information and informed the world that the stuff that grows naturally on our faces is now okay to uh, uh, let grow. Ah, yes, the great Jehovah's Witness rebrand continues. <laughs> After decades and decades of facial hair being an indicator that you were a demonic worldly person and at worst someone that needed to be marked or disfellowshipped, now, out of nowhere, Jesus has changed his mind, himself a Jewish carpenter with uh, undoubtedly facial hair during his day, has decided, ah, let's move away from that. Let's let him grow some beards. Isn't this incredible news? I'm not going to go deep on that this week, but it certainly makes any and all highlights from 2023. I just want time to accept it. I can't even begin to tell you I'm going to save up my thoughts on this one. I couldn't help but just lean back as we got this news from heaven and think about things like, I don't know, what's next? The sisters won't have to wear napkins on their head when they're teaching anymore. We're going to re-examine the length of a skirt and what a slit looks like or open-toed shoes. There's so many things to unpack, and Jesus has apparently turned his attention to what's really important in this very end of the very end of the end of the end of the last days. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What a day, and it has been a blast talking to people, XJ-dubs and the like, uh, via text, social media, and whatnot. Beards, facial hair, no longer the thing of Satan. Jehovah's Witness men everywhere rejoice. You can hear the Bic razors hitting the garbage can as we speak. But I'll tell you, as I do, my opinion, they're really doing everything they can to rebrand this religion at this point, trying to take away anything that may be a turnoff for a younger generation or a younger person. And they're starting with all that easy, low-hanging, absolutely absurd stuff that they've been holding to for decades and decades. I do want to say briefly, 
I believe this is just the beginning. This is the beginning as they inch their way ever so slowly towards much bigger things. Things like how we handle disfellowshipping, birthday parties, you name it. I think it's all going to start to be approved or a conscience matter based on the reasoning Stephen gave on video if you haven't seen it since last week at the time this episode hits the platform. They're clearly trying to stop the hemorrhaging in this organization. I personally believe, I want to underline that this is nothing more than my opinion, that they are working with a professional PR firm, much the way they have turned into a legal entity with lawyers and litigation. I truly believe they're trying to rebrand their image out there in the world. And certainly Jesus approves of that, right? Right. I doubt that I'm unique when I say that with the end of each year, I like to take time for reflection. 2023 is coming to a close. With the holidays and vacation time upon us here in the United States, I want to just uh, probably start a party. People will be glad. I'm tentatively planning to take a week or so off from talking about Jehovah's Witnesses on this podcast with a return to action at the beginning of 2024. I got to tell you, I think burnout is a real thing. It really is when you're tr talking about these guys especially after enduring decades of the last days and the impending end of the world that could hit me at any second. Burnout is real. I'm admitting it. And I think it's important to take a break from all of this at times. So I'm going to do that. I hope you will too. It's good for our mental health. It's good to just kind of, you know, cleanse the palate a little bit. I encourage everyone to enjoy their family, their friends, and the winter season. There's so, so much for us to be grateful for. So there's a chance that while traveling and seeing family this holiday season, this podcast host may take a very small break from discussing the paradise that is Jehovah's Witnesses. You probably are relieved to hear that. So just kind of a warning, may go into hiding here for a couple weeks. With that said, got to tell you, as I sit around relaxing, thoughts tend to come to me. So there's also a very real chance I may flip on the microphone anyway the next two weeks and dispense my own insanity at some point. So you've been warned. <laughs> Laying around, eating and being bored is also a very real thing for us type A people. So who knows? But the next two weeks are no man's land as we navigate the holidays and just try to relax a bit. I hope you'll join me if I do take a break at the beginning of the year. But with that said, and with my beard feeling incredibly special uh, today, and, and might I say looking good and trimmed, um, no year is complete without an end of year show. I am a sucker for those things. I love the good old year in review stuff. I just got my Spotify music year in review. Got to tell you that was telling. That was kind of a mind blower. And it always brings back really great memories and reminds me of stuff that I've literally already forgotten within weeks or months in 2023. It's crazy. I got the same thing on my mobile phone with photos. You get those things uh, where the photo album, your, your year in memories, and it shows you all your photos. Who doesn't love a good review, a year in review show, highlights from 2023? So it's only appropriate that 2023 comes to an end as it does. We consider a few highlights from the spiritual paradise that is and was Jehovah's Witnesses in 2023. 
And I got to tell you from the outset, what a year it has been. As someone who left 14 years ago, but has been associated with Jehovah's Witnesses in some capacity since the early 70s, I have to say that 2023 has given us all a fresh look at paradise, hasn't it? In fact, I'm going to rank the 2023 version of spiritual paradise among the best of all time and a big shout out and thank you to Jehovah and his son, Jesus. It almost makes clear, almost, why the last days that I was actively preaching about in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s make so much more sense. Why was I doing that? The 90s, after all, featured the epic discovery that generations can now overlap, and while controversial, it makes so much more sense now as we close 2023. With the generation that saw 1914 passing away and, well, no sign of the promised demise of all other religions on earth and no signs in the sky or Jesus showing up with his bow and arrow flanked by Chuck Russell and the Apostle Paul and maybe now the genderless spirit formerly known as Mary, his own mother, uh, who is now pictured as a white-haired male clone just like the rest of them, we were all left confused and some folks even left with all those news in the 90s and early 2000s. But let's be honest, they missed out. They missed out. They missed out on 2023. Without overlapping generations, we would never have arrived at a year like this one, only proving that the nine guys in New York clearly know what they're doing. Right? Right. This one's just going to be chock full of nonsense, you've been warned. There have been big years in Jehovah's Witness history. Let's be honest. Who can forget 1919 when Jesus told Judge Rutherford that he and his publishing real estate company were his favorite people on earth and they got the job of speaking for him? How about 1925? That was special. You remember it featured all of Jehovah's people waiting with eager anticipation to meet Noah, Moses, Abraham, King David, and even Lot, armed with questions on what he was thinking, having a few drinks with his own daughters. Then there was 1935. It makes the list because it was in 1935, a full 1,990 plus years after Jesus visited and another 16 years after choosing Jehovah's Witnesses, that we learned people would live forever on a paradise earth. In fact, we were told they would likely never die at all. Incredible. The first generation in history that had a fast pass into a life of salads, speaking Hebrew, and living on an earth-wide zoo. But then 1975 came. 1975 was big for us old-timers, but it shouldn't have been big. That was everyone else's fault for believing what the governing body told them, making it an especially bizarre year where Armageddon didn't show up. And it was our fault after all? Just ask them. 1980-81 featured Jesus launching a king he personally chose, letting Judas off the hook for landing that apostle role and choking under pressure. No word from Jesus on how he chooses these guys, but he's not at fault when they just go haywire. That being the amazing Ray Franz. 1995 saw the beginning of the end of generations from 1914, only made worse by 2010. There are so 
many more candidates for best year ever in Jehovah's Witnesses, but time just doesn't allow. That was off the top of my head. <laughs> While it's debatable, depending on your age and personal experience inside God's only organization, 2023 should be in the all-time Jehovah's Witness Spiritual Paradise Hall of Fame with the nine guys in New York and the guy they claim they work for, Jesus Christ himself, burning the spiritual paradise we've all become familiar with to the ground. <laughs> they burnt it to the ground. So here we are, the end of the year. Let's talk 2023 highlights. For those of us that missed the annual report or the yearbook or things that we really became fond of, think of this as just another version of that. We're just going to talk about the highlights from 2023. I'm bound to miss a few. They're coming so fast and furiously. My God, my beard is not demonized anymore. And candidly, some of these items will be a review, therefore the name, of covered subjects from this year. But I, look, I think it's fun and it's worth taking another look at. Let's go back to the beginning. And by the way, I want to hear feedback from other people. What were your highlights if we get to the end of this and I missed all of them? Here were mine. 2023 started off with a bang in paradise. As we get an example of just how, just how to navigate being or becoming a Jehovah's Witness without ever having to make a sacrifice, without ever having to miss a birthday party, without ever having to skipping the joys of sex, uh, support your country, or how you can do it and be an all-world athlete, all while making Jehovah's heart glad. 2023 started off with highlight number one for me in this regard. No word yet from the untold thousands who were disfellowshipped for doing mm, the exact same stuff we're about to review, but put that all aside in 2023. Sorry <laughs> if you're sensing unbelievable sarcasm and pain, you would be correct. Those second grade hallway moments while the class had birthday cake left a few scars on this host. But back to the highlight. The year started off with a bang, or should I say set match. On January 7th in Palm Beach, Florida, all-world tennis star Serena Williams decided after decades of living a double life, <laughs> doing whatever the hell she wanted without any discipline from her local body of elders, to suddenly dedicate her life to Jesus Publishing Company in upstate New York. Do we have any listeners, by the way, who may have been present for this momentous occasion or highlight from 2023? We would love to further details for those of us that couldn't be in attendance. We'd love to hear from you. I'm not here picking on her or on someone that I don't even know personally, or frankly, one of the world's greatest athletes. I want to say to the contrary, but Serena Williams' action early in 2023 set the tone for what was a banger of a year. What a way to start. Serena, as a person, from nothing more than an observer fan out here like everyone else, is an incredible athlete, and she's been an incredible advocate for women's issues. 
But one has to imagine that that will all go by the wayside now. Would you agree? She will soon learn that despite being one of the most decorated female athletes in history, being a voice for female rights, a mother, and someone that has navigated untold challenges in her rise to the top of her profession, she will now have to wear a scarf on her head to speak in front of baptized Jehovah's Witness males. She will find out she can't give a prayer or a public talk at the Kingdom Hall and needs to subject herself to her husband in strict obedience to anything he wants her to do. <laughs> on second thought, maybe all she has endured and experienced has actually prepared her for this moment. You know, sort of like Moses killing an Egyptian then becoming a sheep herder for decades. Knocking off tennis giants at Wimbledon is small potatoes compared to obeying Stephen Lett when he looks her in the eye and tells her that her children are enemies of God. Oh, and that her congregation has a couple of pedophiles attending. Or sit, they're just sitting a couple seats away, Serena. Based on what we've seen from her, I'm sure she will obey with a quiet and mild spirit. Right? What a highlight from 2023. And while hindsight is 2020, Taking a look back at Sister William's spiritual trajectory is a fascinating one. Not necessarily due to her decisions, let me just say it now. Good for her. Good for her. She is worth uh, $300 million. And the only thought I have with that is I guess the coffee and donuts are on her at the next coffee break and field service. But her journey is fascinating when compared to the messaging all other Jehovah's Witnesses receive regarding any type of self-improvement, self-improving goals or actions in this wicked world we're all trying to navigate. When did Serena decide it was the truth? Why wasn't she baptized then or much earlier in her life? Did Jehovah overlook a few things knowing she would come around in her 40s with that uh, really fat bank account? Couldn't have done that, right? Apparently, Jehovah and Jesus looked the other way in 2016 when Sister Williams, hosted by Self Magazine for Women, was featured and still viewable on YouTube in a video teaching us all how to twerk. That's right. Just a few years prior to baptism, Sister Williams gave us a solid few minutes on how to shake our ass. And you can actually still go watch that. A woman proclaiming to be raised around Jehovah's Witnesses wants us to know how to twerk. This really sheds new light on Proverbs 31. Might have even been written about her. I don't know. I gotta tell you, in the sick, twisted chambers of my mind, I tried to picture Mary's face in heaven as she watched this video on YouTube. No word yet on if she was an unbaptized publisher or if she was counting her time when she was teaching us all how to twerk, but I gotta tell you, I did throw my back out trying to follow her example, so there's that. I got what I deserved. One of the top highlights of 2023 was this entire Serena Williams situation. But the fun didn't stop there. She posted Christmas photos on Instagram. 
has popular photographs of her draped in the U.S. flag, undoubtedly prompting a local needs talk. I've been unable to confirm that she had a chaperone present while dating Drake, or a chaperone present when she dated Common. But I'm sure she did, right? Right. And how about those pictures from last month, just last month, of her and her husband being featured in their child's Nutcracker holiday play in full costume? <laughs> Gotta tell you, Jehovah and Jesus might miss a few things, but TMZ doesn't miss anything. Apparently, TMZ got the scoop over the local body of elders. Sister Williams in a holiday play with, with her kids. And look, Caleb can't even have a Sparlock action figure, or he's not Jehovah's friend. But throw all of it out. Toss it all out, despite the fact that we want to put a spotlight on it. Because she is a world-class athlete that changed the game of tennis. Literally, I'm being serious. And did I mention she also has 300 million reasons why it might all just be okay in her case. And how does that compare again to the messaging that a Jehovah's Witness gets, which lands it on this 2023 highlight show? Well, the Watchtower of 2018 in May, page 27 through 31, targeting young ones stand firm against the devil. We are told this, quote, similarly, worst word, by the way, ever invented. It drove me nuts as a Watchtower conductor. How many paragraphs start out with similarly? Similarly, back to the quote, Satan knows that Jehovah offers us material benefits in the new system. But we have to wait, and we might have to suffer hardships in the meantime. So Satan offers us tempting opportunities to enjoy such a life now. He wants us to seek material benefits first, to have it all and have it now. Satan urges us to seek the kingdom second. Like many Christians, 20-year-old Kiana has not been fooled by this deception. I know that the only hope for solving all our problems is God's kingdom, she says. How does this solid hope affect her thinking and actions now? The answer? The hope of paradise helps me to put secular goals in perspective, she adds. I don't try to cash in on my talents or attempts to climb the corporate ladder. Instead, I'm investing time and energy in spiritual goals, end quote. So, however, with all that said, this momentous baptism of Sister Serena Williams, despite ignoring the counsel we just read and ignoring putting the kingdom first and pursuing secular goals, makes the list because it highlights something every Jehovah's Witness should be paying very close attention to. Those of us, meaning 99.9999% of all other Jehovah's Witnesses, do not possess all-world, all-time athletic talent. It's a bummer. Trust me, I cried about it. <laughs> it goes without saying. However, 99.9999% of other Jehovah's Witnesses do have a desire to better themselves, pursue the things that they love make a little money, and actually enjoy life. But the message to the rest of us when we aren't invited to Wimbledon is this. You can't. <laughs> You're not allowed. And if you do, 
it's not only highly discouraged, but you'll be marked as spiritually weak, bad association, or worse. Don't believe me? Take a gander. This one hits close to home. From the Watchtower of 2018 in November, page 3 through 7 in the series Buy Truth and Never Sell It, we get this story, uncorroborated, but I'm sure it's true. Quote, Maria was swinging a golf club even before she was old enough to go to school. She continued to develop her golfing skills during high school and eventually earned a university scholarship. Golf was her life, and her goal was to enjoy a lucrative career as a professional golfer. Then Maria started to study the Bible, guess with who, and she loved the truths she was learning. She was pleased with the things that the truth helped her make in her life. She said, the more I adjusted my attitude and lifestyle to the Bible standards, the happier I became. Maria realized that it would be difficult for her to pursue both spiritual and material riches. She paid the price of giving up her lifelong goal of becoming a professional golfer and the prospects of gaining riches and fame. However, as a result of buying truth, she now serves as a pioneer and enjoys what she describes as the happiest, most meaningful life possible. End quote. In one of their famous uncorroborated stories about a girl with world-class golfing skills, they connect the dots that if you're good at golf and you like golf, it means you're materialistic. you got to stop that. you got to stop playing. Become a pioneer and schlep our literature out there for free. By the way, pioneering now means nothing in 2023 for the most part. And well, Maria... You really blew it. You blew it, girl. You could have had both. You could have had both. See one of our highlights from 2023, Sister Serena Williams. She was the talk, and, and all the talk, as we jumped into this year, just shortly after New Year's. And really, why shouldn't she be? She has set a stellar example for all Jehovah's Witnesses. But let's be honest, particularly... For young people who have a strong desire to lean into their natural talents or pursue secular goals in a world they also believe is about to be destroyed. Everybody wants to be a Hall of Fame athlete when the Hall of Fame is about to be burned to the ground, right? Right. So listen, this is one of my highlights because look, if you're a young Jehovah's Witness or any Jehovah's Witness who wants to pursue something, Sister Serena Williams has provided the blueprint on how to do it all without any fear of discipline or repercussion. Granted, you might not have 300 million. That's an outside factor. You see, Serena apparently is in possession of the one thing we apostates or non-Jehovah's Witnesses all sorely lack, Jehovah's blessing by means of Holy Spirit. Therefore, her example in 2023 should be front and center for any Jehovah's Witness who wants to attend college, or pursue music, or be an athlete, or even be a celebrity, or maybe even date Drake in common. Or how about just eat birthday cake? That seems a little more doable. Or, or how about just date that girl or that guy at school? Or how about have a friend who's worldly? Or how about mm, take a side politically? Or how about just learn to perfect your twerking skills? <laughs> and listen, still, 
zero confirmation she has been spotted spending her Saturdays standing next to a book cart. So for all of that, I salute Serena Williams. It's an incredible story and one Jehovah's Witnesses should be watching closely. It's a lot like, for those of us who grew up in this time frame, it's much like Michael Jackson, Prince, and the others before her that could support Satan's wicked system of things. You two need to only follow the blueprint for success she gave you. And that blueprint is remarkably small. It's one very, very simple detail or decision. Pause. Are you paying attention? Here's the blueprint. Don't ever get baptized until you're done having fun or making $300 billion. <laughs> and with another highlight from the annual meeting, it doesn't matter anyway. Just wait until the sky turns red. Then you claim you've always been a Jehovah's Witness. It's all going to work in the end, making the whole thing a moot point. But with that, I encourage anyone in a similar situation, somebody with a skill, a talent that somebody's trying to take away from you within this organization to follow the example of their sister. At any given moment, the guys in New York are going to receive new light and skipping out on everything means something to you. And by doing that, I should say, is a terrible, terrible mistake. They could be getting new light any day now that's going to make this all okay anyway. As we've just noted, see beards. <laughs> They're now okay. And I got to tell you one more small point in reference to this highlight. It's a strange one. Don't know why I'm even going to bring it up. But in my time as a Jehovah's Witness and, a, and an elder, I've known a couple of ex-professional athletes that were raised as Jehovah's Witnesses, ignored it their entire lives, lived their dreams, made their cash, and then magically became Jehovah's Witnesses following retirement from their sport. I know of a couple intimately. And if that wasn't convenient enough, it's truly bizarre watching those people now. They're still Jehovah's Witnesses. One of them, right off the top of my head, is an elder. And he actually has social media sites where he promotes his sport. He promotes the NFL. He relives the memories. He's built social media channels. He even has a TikTok where they run their highlights and give daily motivational videos to young people promoting a sport and lifestyle that they won't even allow or didn't allow their sons and daughters to play because they were born into Jehovah's Witnesses. It is really, really something to behold. It's the definition of hypocrisy, and it's on display for all to see, including their own kids. And so, in conclusion on this big highlight, a big thank you to Serena Williams, and a sincere, and I do mean that, a sincere congratulations for accomplishing incredible things in your life. And most especially for providing a blueprint for any young person or unbaptized Jehovah's Witness to follow today. Don't get baptized till you're done having fun and maybe making some coins. To Sister Williams, you made your mark in 2023. A big shout out and thank you. But let's move on. In my far too short list of highlights from 2023, who doesn't like 
a good shakeup in the royal court. That sends everybody's head spinning almost instantaneously. And 2023 featured controversy among the kings. Controversy the organization hadn't seen since 1980, when one of the world's greatest heroes, Ray Franz, decided to defect from Jehovah's Witnesses, exposing well over a century's worth of deceit, giving the world a glimpse of what goes on behind closed doors with the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses. Arguably, and I do mean arguably, the biggest news out of paradise in 2023 was the rather abrupt disappearance of one of the governing body's most polarizing personalities, Anthony Morris, former king. On February 22nd of 2023, the announcement was made that Tony was no longer serving as a member of the faithful and discreet slave. The former Vietnam vet was plucked from all of mankind. Think of that. Billions of people. Tony was the guy in 2005 as someone Jesus wanted leading his people. The guy we had come to love for his hatred for almost everyone and everything was suddenly gone, like a small extinguished flame from a match. See what I did there? Gone was the most condescending king and his obsession with tight pence on men. <laughs> Gone was watching the joy in his face when describing all the people he couldn't wait to kill at Armageddon and compared them to split open hot dogs like he saw in Vietnam. Gone were any more videos of him pushing a cart of expensive liquor at a liquor store that was located a convenient 45 miles away from world headquarters. And gone was the guy they marched out as the king, introducing the rest of the universe to the most vile, repugnant thing they've turned out in decades, the Caleb and Sophia video series where he led Jesus' guys in destroying the minds of innocent children. And I got to tell you what a highlight this is. It's just still so open-ended. We still don't have confirmed information as to what happened with Tony, but 2023 was filled with rumors. Was it the obvious problem he had with booze? Was it his condescending smirk in all of his talks? Did he disagree with some of the new light? Did Jesus cut him out or disconnect him when talking to his other guys? Did the other guys need their own version of Judas Iscariot in modern times? We still don't have confirmation on what happened, but it's pretty safe to say at this point that Tony, King Tony, was forced out of action. There has been some speculation that it could be tied to his time as a circuit overseer in Pennsylvania and the ongoing statewide CSA investigation into Jehovah's Witnesses. It's not without some merit. It's interesting. Could King Tony have been involved in covering crimes against children as a circuit overseer? Stay tuned. We don't know. But keep in mind that if he was... That means that Jesus chose him to be a king on the governing body, knowing full well that Tony had been involved in covering crimes against children. Where do I even begin? And it's just too fun to share. But the king formerly known as Tony said this in 2015, well before some of his more famous talks that 
came after. In the Watchtower of 2015, May 15th, pages 3 through 8, in the story of Toni Morris, titled Remembering My First Love Has Helped Me to Endure, King Tony, in his prime, said this, quote, I must confess, however, that when I first learned the truth, I was not very tactful, <laughs> especially when I talked to my immediate family. God, can you imagine what those people went through? We've seen them in action. Back to the article, because my first love for Jehovah burned so strongly within me, I boldly but bluntly preached to them. I dearly loved my brothers, John and Ron, and forcefully shared the truth with them. I later had to apologize for my insensitive manner, you don't say. However, I never cease praying what they, that they excuse me, will accept the truth. Since then, Jehovah has educated me, and I have become more tactful when I preach and teach. End quote. 2015, folks. Tony said he used to have a problem with being tactful. He used to. And after 2015, some of his more famous landmark talks given on JW Broadcasting came after this remark. Blowing out matches, blasting homosexuals, taking an unusual and almost sadistic look at what it's going to mean to kill everyone. Just an unbelievable comment from the guy that in 2023 suddenly disappeared. After years of leading us to salvation, gone was King Tony. And as 2023 continues, there have been other incredible people, XJW activists and content creators, that were able to locate the king, or should we say former king? We're not sure. He is now in North Carolina living in a nice little home undoubtedly purchased for him, peacefully away from the chaos surrounding his exit. And wow! I got to tell you, he just leveled up in life. Because when it comes to the kings of Jehovah's Witnesses, we are told the following. In the Jehovah's Witnesses Proclaimers of God's Kingdom, page 351, we are given this, quote, Those who are accepted for special full-time service at the world headquarters of Jehovah's Witnesses all subscribe to a vow of poverty as have all the members of the governing body and all the other members of the Bethel family there. This does not mean that they live a drab life without any comforts, but it does mean that they share, without partiality, the modest provisions of food, shelter, and expense reimbursement that are made for all in such service. End quote. <laughs> Whatever. King Tony did in 2023. He went from high control compound in upstate New York where he took a vow of poverty. We are told, I just can't even go there. Poverty that included expensive whiskey shopping trips, trips around the planet and a lake view to a, a nice quiet retirement in North Carolina. Waiting out the last days and for his next assignment, undoubtedly. But it's the kind of poverty a single parent mother faces in a local congregation when she can't even afford to buy all of her kids' meeting clothes after working all week, but then gets counseled for driving a used car and how that car looks and reflects on Jehovah in the field service. 
If you ever had a single mother who received such counsel, you know what I mean. True story. But we are to believe that King Tony not only disappeared, but that he is just living up to his vow of poverty. He's living in poverty, quietly away from the controversy that typically comes with the removal of a royal, most especially a king, whose seat is well-placed next to Jesus in heaven. Tony went from fighting Satan on the front lines and responsible for the lives of billions of innocent people to, well, he's planting tomatoes in his new garden in North Carolina now. One minute you're a guy in line to judge other people, including people like uh, the resurrected Moses, Daniel, even John the Baptist, when, when they pop back up on earth, and the next, well, yeah, you're not. You're just given a nice little home to retire to during these last days without any explanation whatsoever for all the people who've been sworn to be obedient to you. This entire episode with King Tony has led to an avalanche of questions in 2023, and it's why it's on this list. And they're really legitimate questions a Jehovah's Witness should be asking. Questions like, does Jesus struggle when he's picking his kings? I won't get into setting up Judas to get to the ransom. It's a whole subject matter for another day. But legitimately, we're told these guys are chosen by Jesus and Holy Spirit. And well, are we to believe Jesus appointed a king in 2005 only to turn around and remove him in 2023 within milliseconds of Armageddon? Can we trust anything Tony has told us in the past? If Tony is in trouble for loving his liquor, why weren't Noah and Lot disciplined for their drinking problems? Is Tony still out standing next to a cart somewhere? We, we all remember his JW broadcasting where he told us there was blood on our hands if we weren't out actively preaching. Did Tony get to keep his angels? Did Tony get to keep his angels? Wait, 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 wait a minute, what? You're thinking I've officially lost my mind. What? Wait, wait, you didn't know? From the Watchtower of 2017, February, pages 23 through 28, who is leading God's people today? We are given this, quote, evidence of angelic assistance. The governing body today has the colossal task of overseeing an international preaching work involving over 8 million evangelizers. Why has that work been so successful? For one, angels are involved. In many cases, publishers have called on individuals who had just been praying for help. The overall growth of the preaching and disciple-making work, despite fierce opposition in some lands, has likewise been possible only with superhuman assistance. End quote. Did Tony get to keep his angels? I'm thinking he may get to keep his angels because, he, because from where I sit right now, he appears to be in a witness protection program of sorts. When a king is removed on any court, but especially Jesus' court, the question should continue to roll. Is he still anointed? Is he still on the fast track to heaven? Did removal from the governing body affect his future role in heaven? Is his wife mad about no longer being considered a queen, apparently? I, I don't know. 
Why did Jesus stand by Peter when he denied him three times, but Tony gets in trouble for having a few drinks? Or was he really involved in covering harm to children? Are brothers in upstate New York pulling their tight pants out of the closet as we speak? And I got to tell you, this entire thing with Tony highlights all you need to know about the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses. They're above it all. They don't answer to anyone. They've got free reign, everything. Much like those in secular authority today, they don't answer to the very people they're supposed to serve. They're better than the rest of us. You see, authority doesn't need to answer questions inside Jehovah's Witnesses. King priests do not have to answer for their conduct. What they do behind closed doors is none of our business, but trust them. In fact, give these guys your life. Trust them with your life. From the Watchtower of 1998, March 15th, pages 18 through 23, living up to Christian dedication and freedom, we're told, quote, Like the early Christians, the witnesses gladly look to the mature brothers of the governing body for Bible-based direction and guidance in matters of worship. Though members of the governing body are slaves of Jehovah and of Christ, as are their fellow Christians, end quote. Wait a minute, are you saying they're just like us? I don't get the feeling they're treated just like us. (laughs) Like their fellow Christians. And whatever you do, don't ask why one of them in 2023 suddenly disappeared. It's none of our business. And when rooted in true biblical spirituality, removing a king comes with more questions than answers. All legitimate questions about the organization itself. The same questions that arose when two other governing body kings disappeared, many aren't even familiar with them. Uh, Ewart Chitty, allegedly ousted for being gay in 1979, eight years after Jesus uh, brought the governing body back after centuries of uh, not even existing at all. He lasted eight years before he got mothballed. And then good old Leo Greenlees, These might be new names to some, especially to younger Jehovah's Witnesses. He was removed and reassigned, Yeah, you heard that correctly, reassigned to Louisiana after, I don't know, alleged child molestation in 1984. Shh. Lots of stories from people who knew them both, but no confirmation from heaven. Not at this hour. Most Jehovah's Witnesses won't even remember those two kings. So Tony... Tony Morris, you, my friend, got the spotlight in 2023. It was an incredible story and one that, in my opinion, people should still be talking about. They're hoping it all goes away, and it will. That's Jehovah's Witness culture. It'll fade into the background. There are so many witnesses who still don't even know he's gone. They don't know any of this. If you can even believe that. But on to more highlights from 2023, rest easy. Maybe you're in a panic. Maybe uh, Jesus is shorthanded here in the last days. Maybe you're concerned about all the work and one less king. 2023 may have seen the removal of a king, but who doesn't love a good two-for-one deal? King Tony and his smirk may have been mothballed by heaven, but Jesus distracted us all from that mess by appointing two 
new kings to his heavenly court. Nothing provides a much-needed distraction from a heavenly failure like giving us two new kings to judge all the rest of us in the new future. 2023 has been a banner year. I introduce to you King Gage Flegel and King Jeffrey Winder. Two men that should have never reached kingly status were suddenly chosen. Why, you say? Uh, it leaves a few old-timers' heads, or scratching their heads, I should say, considering we grew up being told the following. At the Watchtower of 2007, May 1st, page 30, quote, Hence, especially after 1966, it was believed that the heavenly call ceased in 1935, end quote. Followed up by the Blood Red Bomber, the revelation, its grand climax now at hand, page 125, where we were told, quote, They're being identified in 1935 as the great crowd of other sheep was an indication that the choosing of the 144,000 was then about complete. End quote. I know. We got two new kings, both of them roughly my age in their 50s and 60s. I don't believe they were around in 1935. It all changed when we learned generations can suddenly overlap. But still worth pointing out in 2023 that Jesus at one point, one point, I should say, taught us this stuff. And then he went on to appoint two new kings that weren't even born. It's easy to see that appointing two new kings has to make the list of highlights in 2023. Who knew that we would see such epic appointments? Um, a full 109 years into the last days that are ending, of course, any second now. But once we move past the celebration of new royals, we must take a look at the immediate impact these two made on the universal scene itself, including big-time entrances into the court, landmark highlights from 2023, courtesy of these two new faces and kings. And I gotta tell you, it makes this list because these two guys arrived in style. While we can't confirm any of their other kingly activities in 2023, they certainly played key roles in the annual meeting this past October. Aside from their appointment to kingly service being an all-time highlight, it was the messages they delivered that qualify as some of the top moments from 2023. Let's look at King Jeffrey Winder. Jeffrey Winder is quickly becoming a fan favorite, as I've come to understand. <laughs> if you somehow missed it, it was Jeffrey that was entrusted with explaining to us lowly followers as to how the governing body gets new light. And while many of us knew or could guess at this entire process, King Jeffrey brought us right into the room and confirmed how it all goes down when receiving messages from heaven. It's sure to be a highlight well past this year. He goes in depth on the entire New Light teaching. And how do I say this? New Light is oh so random, as you will come to see and or learn. Please, 
If you haven't taken the time and you're someone on the fence or you're concerned, go watch King Jeffrey Winder's entire talk. It is easy to find online and it's a big highlight from this year. But if you're wondering about blood or survival into a new earth or who gets to control your life, he, he confirms to all of us that their new light is all random. See beards as of this morning. A governing body member may bring up a subject or doctrine, as he goes on to explain. Then they all sit around in a testosterone-fueled circle, bantering about whatever just came up. Picture that. Picture it. For example, Hey, fellas, this blood thing is tricky. Should we let them accept blood fractions? Oh, great question. Random after all these years, but we got nothing else to, to talk about. Let's discuss. King Jeffrey then admits that they pull out all the literature written by this organization potentially going back as far as 1879, and they study it all for an indeterminate amount of time because they're waiting on Jesus and the angels, and it proves to all Jehovah's Witnesses that nothing they say or do is inspired or even from the Bible itself. Jeff, in this highlight from 2023, this talk, admits they're pulling out their own literature from the guys that came before them and giving it a review, a look over. What? <laughs> what? Please go watch it. They pull out the literature of the guys that came before them and review it when a question pops up. They then go away and study it. They assign people to study it their own literature, they then all get back together, the governing body that is, look at the info collected by research, again, have to say it from their own literature, they say a prayer and, I wish I had music, voila, new light. <laughs> Jeffrey Winder and this talk from the annual meeting, not only just his appointment as a king, but what he debuts with might be much bigger than anything we can contain in just a highlight show from 2023. For a Jehovah's Witness on the fence listening, the new king admitted to all of our faces how this happens. Just note, those of us that have left uh, know the emotions you're likely feeling as you listen to this talk or you just now learn this. First, we will be here for you if you need a friend. But this entry in the annual highlights should make you sit up really, really straight. Anything and everything you get from these guys was just a convo between the nine of them as they peered into their own literature and the Watchtower Library and for the wisdom found there. And if you like examples of the wisdom you can find in the Watchtower Library, go conduct a search on their site or see past episodes of this stupid show. <laughs> Do you still want to hand your life for the lives of your precious children over to these nine guys? This is how they come up with a new light. And it is quite possibly the top highlight of 2023. In fact, it was Jeff 
that gave us, the, my opinion, the quote of the year, where he told us all in the talk, the governing body is neither infallible nor embarrassed for getting it wrong in the past. No reason to be embarrassed. People died. Nothing. Don't even bother looking at that. And so a big congratulations to Jeff for his appointment to kingly service, and an even bigger thank you for admitting that everything you nine guys say is nothing more than man-made bullshit, like every other cult on the face of this earth. And then there's King Flegel. And I gotta say, just saying that makes me think of a character from Shrek or something. I don't know, King Flegel. He comes in a close second in all-time highlights when he gave the second part of a symposium at the annual meeting where he highlighted how helpful and dependable Jehovah is, even if congregation elders can't execute a common shepherding call on someone in need or a worldly person has a flat tire on the freeway, throw all that out. Jehovah's very loving and helpful to everyone. Forget all the practical stuff. He told us that Jehovah is a God of prophecy and nothing he says ever fails. Unless it's the faithful slave being all anointed ones. That failed in 2012. Or, or maybe things like, uh, I don't know, 1874, 1878, uh, 1914, uh, 1922, uh, 1925, uh, 1975, uh, generations not passing away, or the 20th century ending before Armageddon. He wants us to know, King Flegel, that Jehovah is spot on with his prophecies. What a debut, except for the ones I just mentioned. Don't, don't pay attention to those. <laughs> Needless to say, the mysterious disappearance of Tony Morris in North Carolina and the new guys getting their own shiny thrones is some of the most epic highlights from 2023. In fact, of the last several decades, in my opinion. To think we were all sitting around, holding our breath, waiting for new light, regarding oral sex for married people. Not a word on that since 1983, only to be truly surprised when it was really a big shakeup in the royal family that we needed. It's incredible to watch these guys in action, and it is by far and away one of the top highlights of this year in the past decade. But despite all of this being a bit of a review, and it, it really is a year in review show, thus the name, I have to share a couple of honorable mentions from 2023. And first and foremost, there are so many to choose from. But in a move no one saw coming, Jehovah nor Jesus care about your gifts of godly devotion any longer, and they no longer want Jehovah's Witnesses to turn in their hours spent in field service. Hours they watched them spend from heaven, they just watched on hours that the angels spent uh, or put in guiding them to locations to set up their book carts. Thank you for that angelic direction. All of this after decades of claiming it was a gift Jehovah wanted and needed. It was an incredible, mind-blowing thing late in 2023. But consider up until that moment what a Jehovah's Witness was required to believe. From the Watchtower of 2014 November 15th, page 13 through 17, we must be holy in all our conduct. We get, quote, our sacrifices of praise are personal offerings voluntarily made to God because we love him. 
but we have been asked to report our activity in the ministry. So what attitude should we have toward this arrangement? The report we submit each month is connected with our godly devotion. End quote. Well, godly devotion be damned in 2023. It's game over. If anyone thinks Jehovah's Witnesses are going to remain as committed to field service, evangelizing, or anything else, I'd really like to hear why. They won't. They aren't. And that's part of the reason all of this is happening. They could actually do an email blast of 40 people and count 40 return visits now in our modern era, but they don't care to know that anymore. Jehovah doesn't want their acts of godly devotion. And it's an incredible change this year for those of us that grew up in this nightmare. All the guilt, all the debate, all the rounding up 23 minutes to 30 and feeling guilty about it. How they appoint an elder or ministerial servant moving forward is beyond me. I was part of appointing lots of them and it always came down to their field service average. <laughs> Stay tuned in 2024. There will undoubtedly be more new light. But how, or, how about, excuse me, one more honorable mention moment in case you missed it. And I can't believe you would have at this point, but there are always those that aren't paying as close attention. I didn't for 10 years. No reason to be ashamed of that. This moment was a true mind blower as well. What a highlight. A person can now wait until the end of the great tribulation to become a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> That's right. Also revealed in October at the annual meeting. Despite being taught that someone had to be baptized and serving Jehovah when the Great Trib hit, it's no longer true in 2023. This should do wonders, and I mean wonders, for the baptism numbers and conversions, right? Right? If your brain is flickering and you're thinking, hey, I've always doubted these guys in New York, why don't I just wait until all false religion is destroyed and I can actually see that they're the only guys standing. I'll wait till then to join them. Well, if you've had that thought, good for you. You are a real thinker. And I want to, one, I want to spend some time with you asking how you had insight into that decision or that new light before they did. <laughs> Not only does this move, this highlight, that you can become a witness at the end of the Great Tribulation, not only does it render the entire religion or life in service to an organization as unnecessary and borderline stupid, I might add, it also gives today's Jehovah's Witness and future overlapping generations the opportunity to live a real life. A real life. With the guarantee that they can show up during the fireball shower and go, well, would you look at that? Jeff Jackson, David Splane, and Stephen Lett, eh, they were right all along. Okay, count me in. But until that happens, meanwhile, enjoy life. Go to school, have sex, pursue hobbies, and whatever you do, you can ignore counsel such as this. From the Watchtower of October 2019, pages 14 through 19, stay faithful through the Great Tribulation. We are told this, quote, 
During the Great Tribulation, the message that we proclaim will likely change. Currently, we are preaching the good news of the kingdom and we are endeavoring to make disciples. But at that time, we may well deliver a message as hard-hitting as hailstones. We may proclaim the impending doom of Satan's world. In time, we will find out exactly what our message will be and how we will deliver it. Will we use the same methods we have used for over a hundred years to accomplish our ministry? Or will we use some other methods? We will have to wait and see. In any case, it seems that we will have the privilege of boldly proclaiming Jehovah's judgment message. End quote. <laughs> it continues. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to take a deep breath. It continues, quote, at some point, the people whose religions were destroyed may resent the fact that Jehovah's Witnesses keep practicing their religion. We can only imagine the uproar that this might create, including on social media. <laughs> the nations and their rulers, Satan, will hate us for having the only surviving religion. They will not have attained their goal to eliminate all religion from the face of the earth. So we will become the center of their attention, end quote. Oh, my. So if you're someone who isn't baptized, you now have permission as of late 2023 to kick back and wait. However, I do want to caution you. I want to caution you. I, I'm a mentally diseased apostate, but I do want to caution you. Make sure your cell phone data plan is up to date during the Great Tribulation. You may see Satan and his demons attacking Jehovah's Witnesses on social media. I mean, keep your eyes on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. If someone Snapchats you a shot of the governing body standing bravely in the face of persecution, that, that is your moment to become a Jehovah's Witness. The world is ending all around you, and you might learn about it on social media. Armageddon is here. I just saw it on TikTok. So we are told from the nine guys in upstate New York. So you're saying I have a chance. Yep, we are. Right at the final minute, keep your eye on social media. I want to here mention a couple of other additional highlights from 2023. I, at the outset, this thing that beards are now okay is now okay is just, it's too much fun. I've got to wrap my head around it, and I think I'm feeling burnt out. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'll cover it in 2024. And I, I want to take a minute to say something that is incredibly serious. There's nothing funny about it. It is so horrific and so awful that I... I don't think I can give it the weight it deserves. And that is that in 2023, there's a very serious and tragic reality developing that, that has to be addressed. And that is that Jehovah's Witnesses are now starting to see more violence. We've had a shooting. We've had a bombing. People have paid with their lives. It's horrific. There are no words for this. There's no place for this with any religion, any belief, anything. But since this show is about Jehovah's Witnesses and people that just went to the Kingdom Hall, people like most of us listening that did that at one time in our lives, whose lives were ended in violence. It's something that I painfully expected 
is something that I think may be leading to some of the changes in this organization as they loosen the high control or the perception that they're high control because of what it's doing to people's mental health, particularly why I believe shunning and disfellowshipping is going to be revamped. Stay tuned. But Jehovah's Witnesses in 2023 saw horrible, horrible things happen that there's no excuse for and there's nothing funny about it. It makes me sick. Just want to note that not everything is something that can be passed off with sarcasm. I do that because I'm moody. You've been on shows where I'm bawling my eyes out. It's, it's truly terrible that this is happening now. Most of those people, just wonderful people who want to live on a paradise earth. That's all it is. Or they want to be with their family who believes they're going to live in a paradise earth. Absolutely horrible. Not a highlight, but a horrific low light. And that's not saying enough. It has to stop. There are so many highlights, some of them funny, some of them sarcastic, we could cover. But I want to share a message from heaven via the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses. They want us all to remember that you and I, well, we're all like trees. <laughs> That's right. You and me, say hi to your fellow tree. From the Watchtower of 2022, November, pages 8 through 13, the series, How Jehovah Helps Us to Endure with Joy, we're told this, quote, To remain in the spiritual paradise, we must, among other things, maintain our deep appreciation for the worldwide Christian congregation. How can we do that? By focusing on the beauty, not on the imperfections, of those who inhabit it. Why is that so important? Think of this comparison. We would expect to see a variety of trees in a beautiful park or garden. Similarly, the spiritual paradise existing in the congregations today is adorned with a variety of individuals who are compared to trees. <laughs> we need to make sure that we continue to focus on the beauty of the forest, not on the blemishes found on the individual trees nearest us. We cannot allow our imperfections or those of others in the congregation to distract us from the overall beauty of the united worldwide Christian congregation, end quote. Moving forward, and after putting the 2023 highlights to bed, remember, we're all just trees. Try to ignore the fact that the governing body cuts some trees down and removes them from the forest. Try to ignore that they water trees with tainted waters of life and death. Try to ignore that we don't even live as long as trees. Try to ignore that trees are just up and leaving this forest. <laughs> and most of all, please ignore that the very forest itself is on fire. It is burning to the ground. But be a tree, my fellow friends, be a tree. As we close 2023, there are so many more things that we could highlight, so many more things we could laugh at, so many other things we could cry at. Undoubtedly, you or someone close to you has been through a living hell in this organization in 2023. And for those folks, please know that whatever we can do, you have a community, huge hugs, Huge, huge hugs to you. But I also want to issue a big congratulations 
We have all survived another year in paradise. Did you realize? As we enter 2024, otherwise known as year 110 of the last days, <laughs> there is surely some exciting things in store for God's organization, and I plan on covering it. Will there be a new king or two? Will there be a new celebrity conversion? Or maybe some new light? Whatever the case may be, thank each of you for an amazing 2023. I appreciate anyone who listens to this crazy show. I love all the comments. I love any and all feedback. Give me your highlights, by the way, from 2023. And at this time, I just want to say Happy New Year. Or maybe it's more appropriate to say Happy Last Days number 110. Whatever you may be celebrating out there and whatever your belief system is now, may it be filled with happiness and joy. A huge thank you to each and every one of you and for the new people I've met in 2023 via this show. And wherever you are over the next few weeks until we're reunited, be safe and be well.